Hey everybody, it's Rajesh here. And Tane here. Welcome to our podcast, Baskets of Knowledge, Chats with a Difference. In our podcast, we invite guests from around the country and around the world to talk about how they got to where they are at the moment. It's about a journey, it's about an experience, it's about their life. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Baskets of Knowledge. Um, for our regular listeners, thank you so much for always jumping on. For our new listeners, thank you for coming on, and hopefully, you'll be part of the ride as we go forward um, in the new year. Um, as always, um, honey, how's your how's your week been? What's been happening? What have you learned in your basket of knowledge? Yeah, it's been a slightly busier week, trying to keep busy, um, doing a few errands and stuff like that, and coaching's ramping up. Um, we're heading away to tournament next week, um, but I guess my biggest learning is that sometimes although you have your best intentions at heart sometimes you don't necessarily know what is beneficial for the other person um we've been trying to support one of our girls who's been injured for quite a long period and she's still not going to be back for probably another four five six months we're not really sure at this stage but you know I was still trying to get her to come along to trainings and be involved with the team and stuff like that but then on must have been Friday or Saturday she talked about how she doesn't want to come away with tournament and she just thinks that's the best the best approach for both her and the team and I guess from a coaching point of view that was quite hard to take in initially you know you're trying to support your players support your people and you know really help them out but I guess you know ultimately she knows what's best for her in this in this moment um she's had a lot of time to be going through recovery and stuff like that so yeah sometimes it yeah it was a good perspective for me to have and realize that you know it's not necessarily a a bad point from us you know as coaching and as management staff but um more so yeah just having that understanding that it is a two-way street and you know eventually at the end of the day it's their decision in terms of what they want to do so a hard learning and you know tough when you're passionate about these guys coming along and still being supported and you know having these amazing experiences but yeah definitely a valuable learning nonetheless yeah, and, and it's so true. You know, we all we all we all want the best for whoever we work with or whoever we, whatever you know. In your case, it's coaching, and for our guest today, you know, she they will probably bring this up a bit later on, about you know when you're in this particular role and you want the best, but sometimes you can empower somebody with so much stuff, but they've got to make that decision, that choice, and sometimes that decision choice is totally different to what you'd like, and you you at that point you feel powerless because it's taken away from you so it is a hard learning and you know it's something that i think as humans we 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 go through all the time and um but also sometimes the ownership comes back to the person as well you know and they might turn back and go actually you know hey tane you're actually right you know i've had a bit of reflection but you know we've planted the seed so yeah that's um yeah that's that's profound my learning this week is not profound at all there's nothing that's going to blow your mind or take you away and go like what the hell this is amazing Pretty simple. My learning this week is try to remember my passwords. Try to remember your passwords. I've got a, a new phone, and I'm trying to transfer my from my old phone to my new phone, and I'm so worried with my passwords. I'm like, oh no, what if I I forgot all my passwords, and then it's stopping me from doing it. I mean, I should just do it, but I'm so afraid of my passwords, which is so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if anyone is out there that's got something that's helpful about remembering passwords, please tell me because this is my this is my my learning. Remember my passwords. Um, yeah. So. Hopefully next week when we have a chat, I'll have transferred over to my new phone. Fingers crossed. So yeah. So again, like I said, you're not a profound learning, just bloody passwords. Yeah, bloody passwords. Five thousand characters. So yeah. Um, yeah. And if anybody wants to listen to a funny password um, comedian clip, listen to Michael McIntyre. And Michael McIntyre passwords from the funniest password pass, password clip I've ever in my life. But anyway. We're not here to share password jokes. Um, as always, for regular listeners, we have we scour the country and the world to find people that we think are amazing. And as we always say, we think everyone is amazing. Um, we'd love to have loads and loads of people on our podcast, but we're still a free podcast. We make no money. So anyone out there that's got money to help us, we're never going to say no, but that's not going to stop us. And today, um, we are pretty honored, pretty, pretty privileged to have someone that I think is a fantastic and epic human on our podcast today and i know that we're going to learn a lot from from their story and their journey welcome to our podcast kanata ah oh, thanks so much for having me we've had so many cool chats you know along the way and it's cool to yeah. be on your platform no beautiful and before we even get started you know i know who you are telling us who you are but listeners have no idea who you are do you want to tell them a bit who you are at this point in your in your life and then we'll we'll get you how you got there Absolutely. Well, um, I would describe myself as a young adult 
on training wheels <laughs> at the moment. I've just popped out of uni, um, finished up with that chapter of my life, and I'm finding myself in this whole adulting phase where I'm just finding my feet really with with my career, with my work-life balance, um, with my social life. And I'm currently in Sunny Nelson in my classroom where I have been teaching for the past week. Oh, brilliant, crazy. So um, career equals teaching at the moment, is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah beautiful, beautiful. And I say beautiful because um, Gananda, I met you five years ago. I don't know how many years ago it was. And yeah. if, I said, if I said to you at that point in time, you were going to be a teacher, what would you have said to me at that point in time? Hell no, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the fifth generation of teachers in my family. And so the idea of teaching was something I was so repelled by at that point. I was like, I'm not going to come back to school when I'm older just to teach. Um, and that's a big story there on how I discovered teaching to be such a passion of mine. And here I am in a classroom yeah. as we speak. <laughs> so it's so crazy. And, and I'd like to talk, I'd like to bring that up because, you know, a lot of us, you know, when we, when we are young, we try, so some people try to follow their, their parents' professions and their family profession, and a lot of people don't want to do that. And I'll, and the same thing happened to me. My, my parents are both in the health sector, and I was like, I never want to work in the health sector. So I did a whole com totally different degree in my first degree. And then my two next degrees ended up being in the health area. And I was like, how on earth did I end up getting here when I was so adamant this is what I didn't want to do? And so crazy. It's so so crazy how you know sometimes it's just part of the part of your part of your genes essentially. I know what you're running away from is what ends up running back to you. That's right, exactly. Crazy. Yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy. Before we talk about how you got into teaching, I want to talk talk about something that happened to you just recently. Um you just went over to India. Let's talk about that. What is that experience like? Oh yes. So um I was born in India, but I grew up mostly in New Zealand so it's been um, close to a decade since I last went and visited India so it was a really nice chance to pop over with my family and um, do a bit of sightseeing visit family that I haven't met before or haven't seen in a while um, and so it worked out really well that we can all go um, explore India as a as a family really um, and it was just so beautiful it's yeah. so beautiful um, we went during Christmas and New Year's. Uh, the first stop was Delhi. Um, and then we visited Taj Mahal. We visited so many forts. Um, just India is such a rich place for history. And I was able to just feel more reconnected, I guess, once I went back. Um, and besides all the sightseeing stuff, um, we, we visited lots of family, which was amazing because they obviously saw me when I was so much younger. Yes. Um, and to be able to see me as, you know, this grown, grown human being is probably very special to them as well. So really enjoyed India. Um, another thing I went to India for was a little bit of a retreat. Um, so Ayurveda is a type of ancient medicine practiced in India still till this date. And um, I dealt with a few health hiccups in the past. And so this was a great way to just um, look after my mind, my body, all aspects of um, my well-being, I guess. And it was just a very interesting experience. Yeah, awesome. Do you want to talk about that now or should we come back to that later on? Oh, I'm easy. I'm easy. Let's, let's, let's talk about it now. So, you know, um, for for our listeners out there, um, we had a chat before you disappeared and you told me you're going to do this. And I said to you, well, I would love to know how you go, how you go with it, because it is a pretty profound experience trying to do, yeah. do one of these programs. So what is it like? And um, how did you feel? Well, first of all, I guess, tell us what the program was like, um, what it was all about, and then how did you feel before and after that? Mm, absolutely. Okay, well, I'll start with a little bit of background for yes. how I felt before. Um, so since high school, I... Uh, was diagnosed with something called ulcerative colitis, which is a type of IBD, um, autoimmune disease. Um, so it's basically the formation of ulcers in your colon due to autoimmune reactions. Um, and so that was pretty nasty, caused a bit of bleeding and was quite scary, actually. Um, but I was able to handle that with uh, prescribed meds, all was under control. I actually kind of forgot about it for the the next four years until last year um, these meds stopped working nothing nothing seemed to be working and I was starting to feel a bit frustrated with 
you know, the whole process of medicine and how I just felt like, you know, I was popping these medications and nothing was happening. Why wasn't anything happening? Um, and it actually got me to research into health a lot more and pay attention to health a lot more. And while this was a pretty nasty disease, I think it was a blessing in disguise because it just got me to delve deep into health as as a whole, as something that's holistic and not just medicinal in terms of prescribed medicational treatments. And so um, I found out there's such a big link between your mind and your gut and your state of mind and how that affects um, the rest of your body, really. Um, and so that still quite wasn't enough at that point of time to resolve my symptoms. And so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll take the next step in treatment. So I got put on um, some immunosuppressants. And really, this causes some side effects, which include um, stopping your bone marrow from producing red blood cells. And I happen to be a rare case where that happened. Um, and unfortunately, during my placement time, I was sent to hospital because my body basically had no immune system because of these medications. Um, and I went through the process of losing all my hair um, and the symptoms were gone, but my immune system was way down. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a believer, big person of faith. And so I, I do believe that faith, family and my friends really helped me get through this tough period. Um, and lo and behold, my bone marrow results went back to normal and if, if not even more than the threshold. Um, and I was slowly able to get back to my normal routines in life. Um, so fast tracking from there, I guess I just wanted to take part in this Ayurvedic retreat to stabilize my body um, and just strengthen me a little bit more. And so, yeah, I was feeling pretty excited before this treatment um, to see what this had in store, um, because why not? Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> before you, before we go on, I just want, to, I just want to touch on that there because you know, um, we live in a world where taking people like to take pills to get better, you know, just to yeah. fast, fast track everything, and you know, it's quite frustrating. And I, and I read a quote somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but, but I think it's in Chinese wisdom, and it says, um, in the Western world, a doctor, in the Western medication, the doctor's job is to cure you. In Eastern medication, the doctor's job is to make sure you don't get sick. Mm. And when I read, when I heard that, I was just so blown away because you know when I think about my Indian culture and I think about you know a lot of indigenous cultures, um, the doctor when they when they they start getting into your into your into your life pretty early on in your life, and it's about you know eating eating different kinds of foods, different kinds of spices, different kinds of things, and they they're all about the prevention as opposed to the cure. And you know, um, as you when when you share your when you shared your story with me, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how now that we have incorporated so much of the Western world, and that we just don't look after ourselves until things go bad, yeah. and then we go, oh, the pill is going to make me better. And yeah. when it when it doesn't, we get so frustrated because it's not it's not the pill's job to make us better, but this is the mindset that we've been fed or we live in. You know, so it's, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I do respect I do respect medicine and. Yeah, it might be something that we use as a crutch today, but yes. honestly, I've I've come to realize that um, your lifestyle is your medicine, really, yes. and you can definitely take preventative measures to support yeah. yourself. And totally, and there's, so, and there's so much you can do before, but then at some point, definitely, I mean, like you yeah. said, medication medication is part of our lives, but it's our mindset around the medication and how we yeah. use it as, as a crutch, as, you said, as opposed to, okay, cool. Let me try not. To, if I can avoid taking medication, this is amazing. Which means life is all cool. But some at some point you have, you know, the human body is a crazy thing and it can do its own thing. So um, you're excited in India. You everything's all, you know vibrant and colorful and crazy. And then you go into this retreat. What is that like for as you went into this retreat? Well, this retreat, um, I I honestly didn't know what I was getting into. All I knew yeah. that this was um, a great treatment or um, practice for the gut and the way they approached this treatment was to look at it very holistically so they were going to involve me in things which were um, good for my 
mind, um, good for my body and um, it involved a lot of massage therapy, which was great. Um, and so that went on for about three weeks, oh, three wow. weeks of massage. And we have this, I walked into this, um, it was this dim littered room and there was a wooden table and I was expected to lie there and they were just going to massage me for the whole session. And oh, I can't wow. complain about that, can I? Yeah, totally. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. Like, bring yeah, it on. <laughs> so they start with like a good old scalp massage because there are a lot of nerve endings um, based around your scalp, a lot of pressure points which have great benefits um, for everything else in the body. And so they would target that first, followed by a full body massage with um, herbal oils, which were great for your skin and um, just great for the massage experience as well, I guess. Um, and then in the end, they would pour buttermilk, which is a solution made of water, yogurt, and they'd just drip that on my forehead while I just yep. closed my eyes and relaxed. So um, I guess that's how they targeted the mind aspect and just feeling relaxed and calm uh, because what you target in your mind really affects your gut. Um, and that's all to do with the, the gut-brain connection um, through the vagus nerve which is pretty fascinating when you look into it. Um, and then the next part of the treatment was a bit iffy. I didn't know how I felt about this. Um, and it might be a bit TMI for some of our listeners here, but the next part of this treatment involved an enema. And so that's basically um, pushing up a, a solution of herbs um, up the back passage, which is a bit... Uh, nasty but um it has some great benefits and um the ayurvedic journal of medicine also showed some great results with this treatment um in terms of just protecting the layer in your colon and feeding it nutrients that it needs to remain strong yeah. um, and so that was done for um, the end of the treatment and altogether i walked out of this treatment just feeling more rejuvenated more strong and a lot more balanced. I felt like I, I, I was given the tools to um, maintain um, the good health that I was in. Um, and I will add that before this treatment, um, I was symptom free. Um, I was told by my doctors to be on lifelong medications, but I made the, I made the decision to actually stop all medications. And that was like a step of faith for me. I was like, I don't want to put any medications in my body anymore. Um, and the doctor said, okay, but you run the risk of getting your symptoms back. And so that was a moment of faith. And I was like, I, I believe that I won't, you know, I, I pray and believe that I really won't get my symptoms back. And I stopped my medication until this day. I have no symptoms. Um, and I'm so wow. happy to say that I'm not on meds anymore, which is amazing. That, that, yeah. is, that, is, that is pretty epic. You know, that's so, so beautiful. You know, um, I, I like how you said it was iffy because again, it's iffy because in, in our world, you know, an enema is like, oh man, why would you do an enema? But in indigenous cultures, again, you know, this is normal. This is normalized. This is something that yeah. people people do, or you know, or people used to do in the past. And you know, and now it's it's a bit different. But hey, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just a different perspective yeah. on the on, on the way we we approach things. Exactly. But now now that you come back home, you know, it's it's you know, I always talk about this with with people I work with and clients I work with. Like, it's awesome. You've gone to a coaching seminar and you've gone to a personal development thing, and it's all cool and you're energetic. But the hard work comes when you out of the environment so how has it been for you when you've come back to new zealand and you're not in a dim lit room there's no wooden wooden table for you to lie down how, how has it been for you yeah so as i said before you know i'm not going to be in this treatment or um sort of therapy for the rest of my life right this yep. is just a moment in time but continuing the goodness of it into my life will involve just being conscious and mindful of stresses in life because stress is such a big factor of um, what I was going through. Stress, whether I could feel it or not, really affected my mind and hence my gut um, yes. health. Yeah. And so just being equipped with things that will help me um, eliminate stress or deal with it better is something that I'm putting into practice um, even more than I did before. And so, yep, adulting, um, getting used to my new career, um, dealing with 
30 kids um, all throughout the day and all these little aspects. No stress, I'm, no stress, right? Zero yeah, stress there. Zero yeah, stress. All, all the planning that's going on right now. Yeah. I've actually just learned to enjoy the process rather yeah. than see it as something that's stressful. So it took a bit of perspective changing. And when you change your perspective on what you perceive as stress, I really think it helps. Yeah. Totally, yeah. and I love that. The way I love that is because, and I love that particular this particular point is because we all get stressed. Stress is part of life. It is. It is part of life. You know, it is. You can't. Nobody can say they don't get stressed because that's a lie. Everybody gets. Yeah. Everybody gets stressed, whether it's a positive stress or a neg or a negative stress, positive negative. You know, when you go to the gym or you run, you're stressing out your body. There's stress all the time. It's just how you deal with it and how you cope with it. And like you said before, it's that that mindset shift of being aware that this is happening. And okay, how do I how do I stop and pause and at that point in time, just re refocus, re-energize, or just just do nothing, you know. And, um, exactly. And hard. stress could be stress can be a good thing. It's just yeah. how you channel it, you know. Totally. So totally. that's what we're figuring out right now. Yeah, totally. And I think that's that's a journey that everyone goes through. You know, it's it's a, and you know, for different people, some people get it when they're younger, some people get it when they're a bit mm -hmm. older. But it's it's just part of. I think we'll never get it, and that's fine. You know, it's just it's just the journey that we have in life. Talking about the journey that we have in life, we're gonna we're gonna go full circle, and we're gonna talk about. You go to university, you don't want to be a teacher. This is not what you want to do. Where at this point, where does this whole teaching thing come into your your horizon again as you as you are doing your your your, your degree? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I, I entered uni pretty close-minded, really. Um I I always knew that I was pretty interested in sciences and I thought, you know, the gold standard for science would be being a doctor, getting into medicine, um, and using science in my life in that sense. And so first year of health side was what I did during my first year. Um, and that was the biggest eye opener for me as someone who did enter into university thinking, yep, this is me right now. This is gonna be me at point B. Um, and the reason why it was really eye opening, I guess, was because I saw the range and the different avenues through health sciences. Um, and the different possibilities besides just, you know, getting into medicine and becoming a doctor, which is which is great in its own. Um, but I just realized that I wanted something different from life. Um, and, you know, when one door seems to be closed, um, heaps open up. Um, and sometimes, you know, those wrong paths do lead to the right one. And I guess teaching was what I found in, in my um, hopes to become a doctor. Um, but I guess the 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 point where I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be a teacher was when I was tutoring one of my friends. Um, we were we were prepping for a physics lesson, um, a physics test actually. And yeah, we were just helping each other out. And I, I just found myself that I was, you know, teaching some of the topic to her and helping her, her out um quite a bit. Um and it comes to the test, she gets way better results than me. I was like, what happened there? What happened there? And so I think that's when I realized that, damn, you know, um, I think my skills really do lie in teaching um, and they surpass the skills of being able to sit in tests and um, project my knowledge in that way. So in that moment, I was like, damn, <laughs> maybe I am meant to be a teacher. Um, these are my strengths. And so from then I decided that, yes, I'll finish um, a degree, so I did biomedicine, um, and I loved all the learning that I did there. And from there, I decided to do my first year of um, masters in teaching at Otago, and here I am now. Crazy! What a what a crazy! You know, it's it's so funny in life. People talk about those moments. That we all have moments in our lives where you just have no idea where it comes from, and then you go, actually, this is this is my this is my thing. You know, this is my whatever that thing is, you know, and again, sometimes, but I think the universe always, okay, this is me, sounds a bit crazy, but I think the universe is always sending us messages about what our thing is, but we just have to be aware to pick it up. And, you know, sometimes, um, and as Tanya and myself have spoken to before, so we're so busy doing things that we don't pick those up and we just, we just keep on going with what's going on here. And then in those moments of clarity, you go, wait a minute. Mm wait a minute, let me just stop and pause for a second. And I guess, Tanya, I'm going to bring you in here because, you know, 
as we've spoken before, if we had spoken to you when you were coming to university and said, hey, Tane, and when you finish your degree, you'll be so involved in coaching, you would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? This is not this is not what I was thinking about. But again, you know, it's you found your thing. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, I knew sport and exercise was going to be quite broad. But again, I didn't think that I would be as passionate as I am about it. But I guess it's it kind of makes sense now that I, you know, if I think about it deeply, you know, I always had a passion for sciences and sport particularly. And then um, from a personal aspect, I've always been involved with helping young people. And, you know, so it's kind of those two worlds have collided. And yeah, I think there's just so much in that space that you can do as well. You know, like it's not, you know, uh, teaching the sport and going to tournaments and stuff like that. That's in the reality is actually quite a small chunk of what coaching means to me. Um, and I'm still, you know, trying to figure out what it looks like to me, how involved I tend to be. And I think that's hard when you're so passionate about wanting to see these young people achieve what you know they can achieve. But again, it's, you know, it's probably similar to teaching where it's, you know, you find your moments, you learn what works, what doesn't work. And it's going to be a cool journey to be on. Um, yeah, I don't really know where it's going, but I think that's also a fun aspect to have, you know, that it can, I'm happy with where I am now and I'll continue to take up opportunities that come, but I'm not putting pressure on. I need to be, you know, at this point by this time, otherwise it's not successful because I'm, I'm happy, I'm enjoying it. And that's, you know, I think that's the most valuable thing for me. Beautiful. I think, and I think that there's a connection here between between the between the two between the two of you. And I guess I'm not going to call myself here. The, the two of you have mentioned that you know you know the growth of young people is is and the growth and the learning and just developing you know yourselves and young people. Um, and you, for our listeners out there, um, there's also another connection. The two of you work together as 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 sub wardens at at, a, at one of the colleges here at, at the University of Otago. What is that like for you? Um, We'll, we'll start with you because we know Tony's story many, many times. You know, how, how, how did that, you know, here you were, you're teaching your friend physics, and then you, you get this role where you now have what, between 100 and 180 or 190 students where you are looking, looking after in inverted commas, but also, you know, you, you've become a role model in so many different ways. What is that like for you as you transition that space there? Yeah. So I, I picked this role up when I was in third year. And um, I had a great relationship with my, my um, who became my colleagues later, Rachel and Johnny at Studham. Um, and they were truly supportive. And I think it was them um, sort of believing that I'd be a good person for this role that really got me um, thinking that, yep, I'm going to give this a shot. And so them believing in me and giving me that opportunity was, I guess, a first step. Um, and once I did get into the swing of things with the role of being a sub warden, I just, I just fell in love with it. And I think that that was the second thing which um, confirmed that, yeah, I'm going to love teaching because I love working with young people. And these guys are coming in from all these different high schools, um, navigating life, first year, um, going on huge rages and um, <laughs> working that balance between study and play and it's just been such a rewarding thing to be a part of as someone who can mentor these people, guide them, and just be good mates with them at the end of it all. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's such it's such a I think it's a, I think all three of us have had this this role, and I think it's such a such a crazy privilege, you know, it's yeah. such a crazy privilege to be first of all for you know the people that have decided to put faith in you. To say, yeah, hey, you just uh, see so much growth in them, and then yeah. it makes you reflect on your own life and yeah. see that you know you've grown as well in that same way at that point of time and it's just yeah. beautiful it's it's so fun so yeah fun. but but also just saying it's not it's not smooth setting and there's, there's times you're like well, why am i doing this here and there's times <laughs> when you're like this is amazing you know but that's everything in life right we always question things when things are challenging and you know um yeah it's it's, it's a privilege and it's pretty cool that the two of you got to experience that because I, I, I don't think there's any other job in the world where that happens where you are living in close quarters for 24 hours a day seven days a week for almost you know 36 weeks in a year it's, it's a pretty unique 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 yeah. position to be meet some really cool characters for sure for sure yeah, yeah. but the That's keyword is char character right sorry the, key the keyword is characters yeah <laughs> yeah the keyword yeah. is characters That's such, true. A, it's such a it's such a crazy thing and um but also if we talk about yourself and your family you know you i met you when you were in in blenheim um, but your family has obviously changed and moved places. What is that like for you now? Because as you 
you know, you were born in India, you come to New Zealand, your, your, your families and, and the whole teaching profession and there's lots of movement happening for you. What is that like for you as a young person? Well, I guess you were in one place, but now they've moved around. How does yeah. that affect, how does that work with your identity? Mm, yeah, well, I guess after first year when my parents did move um, away from Blenheim to Hamilton, um, I was like, oh, what do I call my home ground now? Like, it's not Blenheim anymore. Dunedin is my student city and Hamilton I've got nothing to do with. Like, where do I fit in? Yeah. Um, and so I think from then I just really detached myself um, from a home ground as being part of my identity. And it was more about who I was with. And so wherever my family is, I think that's a part of my identity rather than a home ground. Um, yeah. As of now, uh, I'm in good old Nelson, beautiful and sunny. So I guess this for now is my home ground, but what's to say that I'll I'll move in another two years? We just never know. And so rather than attaching myself to a place, I tend to just focus on, I guess, the experience of that place or the people of that place. And I think that becomes my identity or part of my identity rather than the place, the physical place itself. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I see it. And and I, I agree with you because you know um I like like you I travel so much and I've been yeah. to so many different places that when someone says where's home for you I just I just go I, there's no such thing as home it's just an ex it's where the yeah. people that I that I care about or the people that resonate with me are and you know that could be that could be at different stages in your life you know it's not the yeah. physical it's not like oh I like to need it because of the hills okay whatever the hills anyway it's beautiful. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean it's home for me. So it's it's, it's a great question. I, I like to ask this question for people that, that move a lot because it's it's so challenging. Whereas some people have never moved in their lives, and mm. you know where their generational family has been, it's been the same place, and that's his home. Yeah. It's locked in, and that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it, it is what it is, which is yeah. Pretty, pretty and it it is a little bit more tricky, especially if you're born in a different country. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which identity do I have? Like, am yeah. I? Do I feel Indian? Do I feel? New Zealander, you know, and so I yeah. guess at the end of the day, it's just nothing to do with um, your ethnicity or nationality. It's just who you are. Yeah, I always find it. I always find the ethnicity question really, really hard question to answer. I really struggle to answer the question. Um, ethnically, physically, I am yeah. Indian physically. Yeah. But I have nothing linking to India, like nothing apart from my mom who's from India. But I was born yeah. and raised in Africa, so I'm like, I'm actually way more. African than I am Indian but yeah. now I've been living in New Zealand for so long so I'm like what the hell what, what, what am I, I know. It's, it's so crazy, crazy right? isn't it yeah. and a lot of people have brought up my accent um because when I'm on the phone to my parents yep. switches to an Indian accent just like yep. that and whoever's yep. listening is like whoa what's going on like you've got two accents what's happening and in my head I'm like whoa I didn't even realize that happened and so is, yeah. even in me it's just like I'm a bit of a a bit of a blend a bit of a hybrid yeah. but um yeah, it's funny. Funny things. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what a funny, a funny story. One day I was, I was, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "Oh, your Indian accent is so amazing." I was like, "Oh, what?" It's like, "Yeah, your Indian accent." I was like, "How do I have an Indian accent? I've never lived in India. I have, uh, I don't speak, to, I don't speak to my my parents. Who have Indian accents." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about?" It was so yeah. it blew my mind. I was like, "Wow, it's just a physical appearance, just affects the way you." So, so crazy, so, so crazy, but it's, it's pretty funny. Um, talking about something else that's really important to you, you mentioned this before, um, faith is important to you. Do you want to just explore that pathway there? Has that been something that has always been part of your family and you, or is it something that you've picked up as you've, as you've, as we get older, you know, start making your own judgment calls? Um, yeah, do you, do you, let's explore that there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I grew up in um, a Christian household. Um, my dad's side of the family, uh, they associate with Christianity and my mum's side of the family actually associate with something called Jainism. And, um, that's a branch of Buddhism. And so the blend of the two worlds, it was a bit, it was a bit iffy because, um, obviously religion in a marriage, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit iffy when they're both different. And so mum and dad's marriage was actually a bit unique, um, and a bit taboo actually. And so um, mum was like, you know what, we'll raise the kids as, as you know, within a Christian household, we'll, we'll yeah. all go to church. And so because of that, I think 
you know, I naturally just fell into that faith. Um, and so it's always been a part of my life. But I guess, you know, you kind of have to choose for yourself how, how you resonate with it, how much you want to interact with it. Um, and I guess at different points of my life, I've just always re respected it um, and felt connected, but I've just grown deeper and deeper throughout different phases and stages of my life. Um, and just in terms of actively choosing to be within this faith and believe um, in prayer and God, um, it's always been a part of me, but I've just navigated it in different phases of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really find it fascinating. Um, you know, I think faith is is an whatever faith is. You know, this whatever we label the faith is. And I think faith has always been part of humanity, but it's it seems to be now the world is going towards. Hey, if you believe in X, Y, Z, then you're labeled as, you know, not a free thinker or whatever. You know, and you know, it's it's pretty crazy seeing that. You know, a lot of a lot of people in the world are moving away from faith for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I was, I was listening to something the other day and they were just saying, I mean, this is obviously a hypothesis, not, it's not, not true fact. And for anyone listening to me, it's not facts, it's just hypotheses. And they were talking about, you know, um, the increase in uh, mental health type things and the social disconnection, you know, with faith, whatever faith you believe in, there's always a connection, you know, um, whether you choose to, you don't, you know, whether you go to a church, a mosque, a synagogue, a temple, the connection, the social connection is so yeah. great. It's so, so crazy. And, you know, we, we undermine the power of that there, you know, you, you, it's not about believing in, in whatever the belief is. It's about that social connection. You'll come together, you know, every, whatever it is. And when you take that away, you know, where do you go for social connection? You know, um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really quite crazy. I, I, I read a, I've read a book, which I think everyone should read. Um, it's called Lost Connections. And it's such a powerfully awesome book where they speak about this and they go, Hey, you know, throughout human culture, social, social connection is what binds us with every one of us, whether you are introvert, or extrovert, mm -hmm. social connection is, is important. And, you know, the power of faith is just more than the power of your faith in, in, whatever you believe in Absolutely. but it's, it's, it's the internal faith as well that you yeah. get um which is quite and i think people people get really caught up in just seeing it something that's so complex but you know what yeah. in in my heart anyway it all just comes down to one thing and that's just love and yeah. with love like that's the biggest thing and i guess that's the crux of the faith um for yeah. me anyway and so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally. and Tana, what are your thoughts i mean um this we've never ever explored this topic yeah, I, I I think for me, like I definitely think there's something out there, but I don't choose to follow it wholeheartedly. Like I, I you know, like I believe in my values and my yeah, I, I yeah, I, I haven't really explored it. So I explored Christianity for a bit and I yeah, I definitely think there was value in having a faith and having something to help guide you through your life. But I think uh particularly because I probably saw it more from a youth group lens I've seen certain issues around it particularly in giving yourself to a, an entity a god or whatever it might be and hoping that the god would do everything for you because in my yeah in my opinion I think it has to be a two-way street right it's kind of like you have to help yourself and there'll be something that will help you guide you in the things that are tough and so that's where I I guess yeah struggled with faith in itself but that's not to say that I discredit or, or discredit it or disvalue it. I just think that there's, yeah, there's something out there and I do think it is powerful. I think it's, yeah, for me, it's, it's how you use it and how you choose to, yeah, follow it as you go through your life. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Tane. And honestly, I've been through that same thought process as well. And I definitely think it's, a very personal thing and it's not something that's very general you know like if if one person says this that's not necessarily what it might mean to you and so I think it's important to see it as something that's a very relationship and personal thing oh, hi <laughs> no that's all right everyone's <laughs> come to work on a Saturday crazy yeah. <laughs> I know I know yeah. people are in the house yeah, everyone's in the house. Yeah, in the house. It's just like, just like you know, like those. And I think I agree with you both. You know, that that the 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 world around faith is is a personal journey. And um, 
you know, too often we get caught up with other people think about, you know, your own journey and then you get caught up with that as opposed to just focusing on, as yeah. you said, it's just about love, you know, love transcends everything. And, you know, where you find love, you find faith, whatever that faith is, you know, um, which is which is which is pretty 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 beautiful in so many ways. Yeah. In so so many ways. Um let's talk about the classroom. So now you are now, you know, just before we started the podcast, we spoke about the big transition from being um being as, as in your practicums versus reality. What is that like being for you? So oh, no. for some guests we 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 had we had the chat but our guests have no idea what we said. Yeah. So I guess um my master's of teaching year was, I guess, like a trial run to see what it would be like um, for the real deal, which is this year and the years to come. And so actually putting into practice what I have learnt in master's and my placements is really crazy. It's a big shift because now it's just the full part of my life where it was just a part of my um, education in the previous year. And so navigating this is crazy. And um, I think you just pick up so many more skills that you didn't learn in the classroom. And so I think that's just reminded me that, you know, yeah, you learn things in the classroom, but the true learning happens when you're doing it, you know, when you're throwing the deep end and just being challenged. And so that's me at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty exciting, right? It's an exciting phase. Yeah. yeah. Very much um, so. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like um, something I do lots of reading and how and lots of listening. And, you know, someone said, you know, you can read all the books, you can watch all the videos, yeah. you can go to all the talks in the whole wide world, and it's awesome. But until you actually do it, yeah, it does, it's not it's not real until you actually do it. So, yeah. um, and even within my lessons, like I'll be writing up notes or sharing, sharing the content, but they're not actually going to be able to do anything with it unless they apply it to a certain context, you know, and so... That's, right, that's yeah. when the challenge happens. That's when the challenge crops up when you actually have to apply it. So, yeah, yeah, which absolutely. is which is which is which is crazy. And um, you know, I'm gonna come back now to what is it like for you as you know, you're a strong young person. You know, the the world is you're doing what you want in the world, and then you get sick. What is that like for you at that point in time? You know, we spoke about the medication and stuff, but what is it like for you as a young person where the sickness comes again and as you were studying how did you navigate that in your in your mind as well because you know mm. the body's doing what the body's doing but as we've spoken right before is the mind is such a crazy place yeah it really is and um I can't help but tie back to my faith I mean yeah. um during such a tough time when I'm helpless when I can't do anything when um modern medicine can't do anything I just pray I just pray and um, whether that's something that, you know, other people resonate with or not, I definitely did believe that, you know, it was good for my state of mind. Um, and through the prayer, I guess it just really um, brought a lot of peace in such a big moment of chaos and confusion and frustration. And so through that, I was able to just calm my mind down and just trust that, you know, it will all work out in the end. And it, it really did. And so it was just the mindset that prayer brought that really helped me out during that time. Um, and because I went through something that tough, I guess, I think it's really transferable to anything else that might come up later in life. Like, I know what my mindset should be like. I know what my heart should be like. And I, I think I'm just ready for, for a challenge that comes my way after that, you know. Um, yeah. So it's definitely built me up, that moment of weakness, which is quite ironic. But here we yeah. are. It's crazy. Sometimes the best thing to happen to you is the worst thing to happen to you. Yeah, so true. You know? So true. Yeah, which is um, which is so crazy, right? We we spend our whole lives trying to do all the best things, and sometimes it's the worst thing that actually you find your the best thing, which yeah, is um, absolutely no, definitely good things crop out of it for sure. Yeah. During yeah. such moments. Um, very powerful there. But I'm also going to ask you, you know, at that moment when you had to do this all year here, what is that like for you? Because you know that. We're all humans, you know, we, yeah. we attach ourselves to different parts of the human body. And when you had to yeah. lose your hair, what is that like for you as, as a person? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we brought up um, the topic of identity, I guess, before. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I really was attached to my long hair. It was yes. long and curly and just a part of my identity. It was just what made me um, 
iconic to me, I guess. And so I I had a really interesting relationship with hair because um, as a young person, as a younger person, I really hated curly hair on me. I was just like, oh, I'm not happy with this and that. And I just wished I had straighter hair. And then um, I think towards the middle of uni, I just grew to love it. I, I grew to embrace it. And I had a really good relationship with my hair. I knew how to take care of it. Um, and then it was all gone. So I was like, what? <laughs> so losing it was a really tough time for me. And I know that some people are out there just like, you know what, it's just here and they could easily yeah. detach themselves. But that wasn't me. That really wasn't me. And so that was a big learning curve because it really forced me. It forced me to um, detach myself from things that are temporary, you know? Everything in life is temporary and here is one of them. And I grew to understand that um, through that moment. And at the moment, as as of now, I guess I'm just enjoying every stage of it as it grows back yeah. and um, just appreciating it as it comes. And it's coming back strong, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I just was able to depend on a part of my identity, which was much deeper than my physical attributes. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's one, another area, I guess, which made me stronger in who I am. But you had to go through that through the actual reality, right? You yeah. know, it wasn't it wasn't an overnight. Okay, cool. Don't worry. This is it. It was it was it, it it was it hit it affected, it affected yeah. you, right? Yeah, and I think honestly. That's, that's real. And with my long hair, I was I always thought I was someone who you know really didn't care for appearances. Yeah. And it wasn't until I lost my hair where I was like, oh man, I really did just value my hair a lot and my appearance a lot. Um, yeah. And so it just opened my eyes a little bit to see. Yeah. I need to depend on a different part of my identity. And that's crazy because we're all human, right? And and you know, yeah. until we until things get taken away, we don't realize that actually this is a big part of our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. Or, or a part of our lives, or another big part, but a part of our lives. And yeah. And have, yeah. Which is so. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really. That's you know, absolutely I think fine. And just, and like to any any listeners out there, I think it's just you know so important um, to just embrace who you are and see the confidence in yourself and um, just really be attached to things which are much deeper than what you see, I guess. And it's, it's all about how you carry yourself, how yeah, you carry totally. yourself. Yeah, totally. You know? and, uh, and sometimes it's easy for some people and, and for a lot of people it's hard, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a journey, you know. It really for those, is. For those listening to this podcast, it doesn't mean that you have to wake up tomorrow and go, cool, I'm going to go search something deeper and I've got it straight <laughs> away. It, it doesn't happen like that. I mean, maybe one in a million but you know I, I, I don't know I mean that that goes back to a book that I think everyone should read um is this one here uh, for those that are listening it's called Autobiography of a Yogi it is one of the most profound books I've, I've read um, in a very long time and I and I keep going back to it because it talks about this this journey that we all go through and um yeah. you know it's it's there's no there's, it doesn't happen overnight there's nothing that happens yeah. overnight and Absolutely. um yeah it's, it's a yeah I mean it doesn't matter what faith you believe in or whatever. It's such a it's such a great book. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Hey, you can you can pick out gold this. nuggets from anywhere really. And, that's right. Um, that's right. Exactly. While yeah. you're chucking out book recommendations, I Go really on. loved um, reading Green Light by Matthew McConaughey. It is yeah. auto um, biography, I guess, and um, yeah. it's such a beautiful book. And Green Lights is just like a metaphor for um, all the moments in life which push you and propel you forward. Um, and the red lights are just green lights in disguise because yes, they, they feel red in the moment, but they turn green because you learn from them um, and you get stronger from those red lights and it pushes you to the green zone. So yeah. really good book. It's a fan, I, I think it's a fantastic book as well. I think it's a great book. So yeah, yeah. two good books there. Tony, any books that you want, you want us to, for listeners and ourselves to worry on book reviews? I wish I'm still, I'm still trying to get in back in the hat swing of things with reading but I'll once I get a few <laughs> books under my belt I'll I'll keep it in mind don't, don't worry. We'll, come, we'll, we'll come back to you for your extensive book review there yeah this is great this is great that was beautiful I mean it is like you said before you know you can take away whatever you want from anything and that you read or you watch so yeah beautiful mm -hmm. Tony any questions from you or any any comments or any thoughts 
No, I don't think I have any questions. Looking at, uh, I know Gunnar's quite well, so I don't have anything. Yeah, I guess yeah. I know about the guests. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess I can ask you both this question as you were as you were working together. What is what are the the the, the um the strength that you saw from from the other person that you go, oh, this is really cool. You know, I know it's, this is a really on the spot question, but um, you know, it's it, it sometimes you know when we we don't realize our strengths until someone else says, hey, wait a minute, well, I saw this in you. Um, yeah, what what would you say? Who wants to go first and go first? Oh, I could I could kick us off. Go well, on. I guess Tane to think. Um, <laughs> well, I I obviously knew Tane in first year yeah. as um, a first year resident, and then we sort of met one another again through um, the sub warden role. And I I guess throughout the year, sorry, there's a fly buzzing around. It's really <laughs> really annoying me anyways um <laughs> i learned that tani is someone who's so resilient um and he's just someone who gives 110 percent to everything um whether it's organizing um something that's pastoral or um activities for the residents like he was he was the one that was always there 100 percent commitment um, always showed up and was just such a proactive member of the team. And I think um, the residents really, really knew that as well. Like he was just always, always there and organizing things and just going out of his way, you know. Um, he didn't see it as just a job, but, you know, he really took it as something that was a part of him to um, be there for young people. And so I really admired how you just, gave 110% of yourself like you're you're crazy for doing everything that you do I just remember you just being everywhere all at once and I was like what is this man doing he needs to slow down um but no it was amazing to see how you just didn't complain got on with everything that you did and yeah I find that very admirable about you Tani thank you um yeah so same like I've known Gnatha for a while and I think probably the biggest thing I took from Gnatha was she always enjoyed the moment I think that was something that was really powerful for me. Like she was always calm and but you felt comfortable when you were around her I and mean, when we were organizing things, you always knew that there was a sense of comfortability. But again, enjoying the moment, I think that was something that I never really had much fondness for. You know, as Gnatha says, I was always go, 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 which is great, but you almost forget to enjoy the moment, enjoy the impact you're having, enjoy the conversations you're having and you know I, I I was as she says I was always around but you know if I had just gone through the year doing all these things and not actually enjoying the conversation I was having with the resident or with the team or you know if I didn't yeah if I didn't appreciate the time sitting there being there and being present I don't think I would have such a gleaming you know year from it and experience from it and I think that's something I really learned from Gnantha and she, yeah it was it was really cool to Get to know her a bit more too because i think in first year you know as as we say we were both in studham but because we were doing very different things and had different friend groups and stuff like that we only knew each other mutually but to really get to know her in our subordinate year was quite cool to you know to see the type of person that she is i will take a moment to say that um Prajesh, like I think I could speak for the both of us here that you're someone that we admire, you know, like yeah. met you, met you in high school and then met you on hands-on Otago. And you were just the guy who solved everyone's problems, I guess, when they came to you. Um, but you just, I think you saw potential in so many people and I definitely felt that from you. And so it's so amazing to see everything that you're doing currently just inspired by you, man. That's very, very, very kind. I didn't expect that yeah. to happen, but that, that's very kind of you. Um, yeah, I think I think it goes back to something that that all of us have, and that we, you know, when you're a teacher, when you're a coach, when you're in my role, it's all about the potential. You know, we go right back to the start of this whole conversation. It's about that potential that we see in the person that comes in front of us. You know, you wouldn't be a teacher, you wouldn't be a coach, and I wouldn't be doing what I do if I believe that everyone's life was just set the way it was. And you know, when you when you when you push someone or you believe in someone, and I remember this, um, someone said to me a long time ago, you just need one person to believe in you and your life will change. And you know, um, this is this is an ethos that I have had for a very long time that you just need someone to believe in. And it might not be it might not be you, but you will be able to connect that person to somebody that will believe in them, which is which is really beautiful. So um 
And there was a reason why I asked this question. I asked this question because, you know, too often we live our lives just doing our thing and we, have, we wait for a performance appraisal. We wait for we wait for those defined moments for someone to say that, hey, this, you're an awesome human being. But actually, at some time, you just stop and you just go, hey, tell me what's good, what's bad about me. And when you have those authentic conversations, it also shows you, it allows you to stop and go, hey, all those problems I'm thinking about for a, what they can stop for a second and actually I'm doing some good things. I'm doing things that are pretty awesome. So um, that was the the trick and that that, that that question, but it's also a challenge to our listeners out there to do that as well. You know, to speak to someone that you um that is close to you, that not your parents, because your parents will always say good things about you. Speak to someone that oh, hopefully um speak to a friend that can say or a, a colleague and go, hey, what is what you've worked with for so long or you've done this with me. What do you see are my strengths? And um, and also sometimes to ask you, hey, what do you, what is what is not my what are my weaknesses? But to detach from the personal and just go, hey, this is a, a learning moment for me. So um, yeah, that's my challenge out there to everybody. Yeah, I feel like on the flip side as well, like we go through the whole day and we think some great things about people, but we never put it out there to them. Yes. And so I think that's another challenge is someone on the flip side, I guess, to if you think something good about someone or just tell notice them. something, just say it. Just yeah, say it. Thank like you, Dave. Yeah, just tell them. And it's so, and so, and I, and that's that's it's so true because I do that often. And again, it's so awkward. Like you know, if I see someone who's got an amazing pair of shoes or whatever, I'll be like, hey, those are pretty cool shoes. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? It's so weird. They're like, what are you doing talking to me? Yeah. But it's because we have we. It's like you said, people don't just say nice things with no agenda. Yeah. Nothing. That's but so people true. are people are quick to say mean things. Mean things are so quick to say, but. Yeah. Saying, saying a nice thing to a random stranger is so, or even to a friend or colleague is so, so awesome. So that's very, that's very powerful there. Yeah, so yeah. very, very beautiful. Um, talking about powerful things, we've been chatting now for almost an hour, you know, our time just flies and we can keep keep talking. But um, our final question, and, you know, we can talk more as well, but a question that we'd like to ask um, our guests is our podcast is called The Bastards of Knowledge. And every episode, we invite our guests to share a piece of knowledge to share during our basket. So both myself, Tane, and for our listeners. You've shared so much knowledge today, but is there any one or two pieces of knowledge you'd like to go ahead? This is pretty awesome to bring to a basket. Mm, let me have a think. Mm. I would say um, surround yourself with good people who can fill up your basket you know um there's this analogy where um it says don't surround yourself with walnut trees but find your marigolds and um if we're looking at the science behind it walnut trees aren't the best for um the growth of plants around them and marigolds really support the growth of the plants around them they're they're very nourishing and so find your marigolds the people who fuel you the people who um can add value to your life and um, really fill up your basket of knowledge with the good things that they bring. Um, and it links to another saying, which is um, all about the fact that, you know, you become like the people you hang out with the most. And so I think just surround yourself with good people and be that good person yourself. I think that was very valuable to me and that's something I hold on to. I love that, you know, walk away from Walmart and find your marigolds, which is really, really yeah, beautiful in so many ways. People. Yeah, find your marigolds, people. Yeah, find your marigolds. So, so beautiful. Awesome, beautiful. Anything else you'd like to share um, before we start um, wrapping up? Oh, well, I think we've covered a lot of the topics, haven't we? Yeah, we've, we've gone through a whole range, you know. We just, you know, we could keep talking for a long time, I but I think, you know. I guess um, something that I could bring up is the fact that, yes, we've got, like, our professional lives and careers and, as important as it is to feed into those things, I think it's so important to balance it up with the things that fuel us um, outside of work and outside of our profession. And so I know what is what are those things for you guys? Yeah, Tony, you go first. Tony. Um, yeah, I think for me, like a big thing for me is exercise. I think if I'm not exercising, I know pretty quickly that it's, um, yeah, that something's wrong. Um, I think also talking to, probably mum in particular, but family more generally. Um, family is a big part of my life. So again, I know that if I haven't called mum within a week or so that, you know, like sometimes it can just be me being busy, but usually it means that there's something that's not quite sitting right and I don't really want to have that conversation with her, but she's she's a good support for me. Um, you know, she'll know when to 
tell me to not worry about it and tell me when it actually is something serious but um yeah so i think the, the two big ones for me is exercise and uh family but also probably yeah tr just trying to find more balance and i guess something that i'm learning this year is to just enjoy the downtime you know i've been quite busy this last four years and i think although i'm not working much it's enough to keep me busy but also knowing that you know like the other day i just went for a walk just and i you know i didn't really have a path in mind i just went for a walk and came back or reading or you know not having so much pressure on i'm gonna do this for half an hour or an hour and then i'm gonna go do that i'm gonna you know like it's yeah it's nice to be able to just yeah go through day in and day out and just enjoy that day and not worry so much about everything else that's happening so those are probably my biggest ones um that i've taken away yeah nice I love that. I love that, Tana, because, you know, so often we we do stuff, we go for a walk for a reason, but actually just going for a walk just for the sake of going for a walk is cool. It's cool, you know, um, and exercise is obviously pretty big, which is cool. Yeah, what a, what a great question. And it's really hard. This is a really hard question for me to answer. Well, it's easy, but it's hard. It's, it's, it's my, my, I live in a world where my role is, I have my job, which is what I do. But then a lot of the conversations that I have, like with you or with Tane, they're not my job, but people will see people say, oh, you only talk to them because they're students. But no, I talk to them because every conversation I have with somebody is me getting to know that person. And I really, I learn so much from people and it really fills me up. And I notice this when, I, when I'm on the road and I'm traveling quite a bit or when I haven't connected with people, people, people fill me up, people give me energy, people give me a, a, a compass as to what's happening. So he's an extrovert. <laughs> an extrovert or, or just other people that I get to connect with you know yeah, you know, you know and, and um yeah so it, it does it does for me but also you know on the converse as well you know things like I um you know you spoke about at the start very start of this conversation you spoke about your mind so meditation is really really big for me um reading is really massive for me these are things that I have to have I mean if you look if I just turn my computer around there's just books everywhere here um but also something that I've really gotten into and I am now an instructor in his, his breath work. I just think that is, I've, I just find breath work is so powerful and anyone can do it um, if they have, you know, we all breathe every day. Breathing is just part yeah. of life. But, you know, um, when you have intentional breathing with intentional music, intentional purpose, so much is empowered. So, you know, I spoke about that extrovert stuff. Yeah, it's cool. But the stuff that really grows me is that introvert stuff, which is the reading, the meditation, the, the breath work stuff. And, um, you know, um, yeah, you know, when you just, it's just you by yourself, it's, you know, yeah. when you're reading, it's you by yourself, when you're meditating, it's you by yourself, when you're breathing, it's just you by yourself. So yeah, that's, I think, thank you for asking that question, because that's a really fantastic question and we don't ever stop and think about that. So yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. And what about yourself? What's your thing? Um, yeah, well, first of all, I want to say, I do agree with you. It's, it's so important to spend that time with yourself because, you know, you're the one you have to live live with for your whole life so you may as yeah. well just enjoy your own company and enjoy your own time and um, enjoy yourself I guess and for me when I'm having my alone time I guess um, besides getting fueled up from cool people I really love to channel into my creative space and yeah. yes I love science I love the whole academic side of it um, but I also love to channel into my art um, take some time to de-stress and use that as a moment to just enjoy my time it's so meditative and I think it's just a cool practice um as well as exercise just movement moving your body staying active um pull-ups pull yeah pull-ups was a goal yeah. <laughs> and I clocked it which was so cool um my yeah. calisthenics journey going going pretty good and just getting back into it after India after my yeah life. Yeah. Oh, beautiful awesome what i what I, i'm just going to touch back on what you said just to you know i mentioned the word meditation and you said meditative and i love i love that because meditation doesn't just mean sitting and you know doing that yeah. there but meditation can be you know as you said it could be while you're in the flow state of doing something you enjoy while you're being creative while you're going for a walk while you're listening to music whatever you know and i just i just think it was so fixated on this particular aspect of meditation of just sitting in a particular pose and there's 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 time and place for that there but you can get your meditativeness doing stuff that you're just enjoying flow state. Yeah, no, you can definitely infuse it into so many aspects of your life. And that's a cool yeah. thing about you. It sure is. It sure, it sure is, which is which is beautiful, right? You know, this and I think as we've gone through this through this 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 conversation today, you know, one of the key things is that there's no one right way to do anything. 
And sometimes we get so fixated in this one right way to do something that we end up doing nothing. You know, as we, we spoke about faith, we spoke about health, we speak about all these things we've spoken about. And, you know, there's so many ways to get to that end outcome that, you know, it's, it's about the journey. You know, it's about the crazy journey that we all have, you know. That's so true. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Tana, any last words? No, it's, been, it's been another awesome podcast. You know, it's, uh, it's always cool talking to people and, you know, whether I know them or not, it's, it's always cool because you always learn something new. And again, you know, today I've learned something new about Kananza, which, yeah, it's, it's always been cool to, yeah, as I said earlier, you know, it's been cool to get to know over the suborden years and stuff like that, but it's still cool to also see a journey past that. And I'm sure we're going to stay in touch, you know, for years to come. So it's, yeah, it's been a good podcast for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. You know, as I said in the past, we look for amazing people and you are one amazing person that I'm, that I'm pr pretty privileged to have known in my life. So thank you for jumping on. Thank you for sharing your story thank you for sharing your what's happened with you and for you and to you and all those all those adverbs and verbs but um as always it's beautiful and um i love your your classroom at the back your hominin evolution oh, is great nice. in my element right now thank exactly. you no but thanks guys for having me on board it's just been good chatting i guess and catching up um it's good to take time to just stop and talk to the people that you admire and appreciate and yeah you guys are definitely those people for me so yeah thanks again and so are you. Beautiful. Um, so uh, listeners out there, hopefully you've enjoyed today, today's episode. If you haven't, um, there's something wrong with you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and if you, I'm just kidding. Um, and hopefully you've, you've learned something from today's episode. But if you haven't, please go back and listen because there's a lot of amazing golden nuggets in today's episode. Um, so till next time, don't forget to keep smiling, be happy. And as Gunnar said today, find that love, show that love, find your marigolds, be a marigold. And don't forget to put something into your basket of knowledge. Till then, kakite. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Baskets of Knowledge. Yeah, we hope that you found something useful to put into your basket of knowledge. And as we said before, remember to put something little into your baskets of knowledge every week. And as always, feel free to like, comment, and share this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you.